When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, folks, and welcome to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for listening to our last two podcasts. We've had great feedback, so thanks so much for that. This week, we're going to talk about Spurs and what happened in the game. We're going to debate our all-time Liverpool seven-a-side team. That's for the time that me and Danny have been watching Liverpool, so you're probably talking from mid-90s. Yep. Um, we're also going to have a big debate on Salah, Manny and Firmino. Who's the most important and who's the best player? We've got different opinions on this, haven't we, Danny? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And we're also going to discuss the biggest game in world football. Liverpool versus Manchester United. And we have a very special guest on, Paul, who's a Manchester United fan who lives here locally. And he's going to have a completely different angle for me and Danny to debate. So this will be interesting. But that'll be the end of the show and something to look forward to. So anyway, what have you done this week, Danny? How have you been? This week is... It's been a busy one, actually. I've Obviously, like with probably most of the people listening to this podcast, this week has been the whole getting into the health kick eating me healthy meals, going out, doing a bit of exercise, all the rest of it. So I've been trying to do that, trying to juggle a bit of work, kids, different things like that. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been busy enough, just just steady. You know what yeah. it's like at this time of year, just trying to get back into the routine, routine trying yeah. to get back into everything and uh, enjoying plenty of football. It's been loads of football on, which has been good. That's so it's kept me, kept me busy. I've got a new TV set up in my living room. Um, <laughs> so that's sort of my space where the kids can do one while I sit there and watch the football um, I've got a little lad uh, Jonah who's three and uh, he literally knows one thing about football is that he just runs into the living room now and starts going Divokariki <laughs> that's all he does shouts it for about five minutes and then runs out uh, so that, that is that that's is all about that's been my week what about you? Uh, do you know what? pretty much the same haven't done much exercise unfortunately <laughs> uh, my Saturday afternoon game was called off so I didn't get exercise for that unfortunately but yeah um, had a couple of kids' parties, which are, you know, any parents out here knows that kids' parties are tedious, but, you know, had to go be there. And, yeah, kind of getting ready and planning for this pod. So here we go. So Spurs of the weekend, that was probably the highlight. I watched it on my phone whilst at a kids' party <laughs> later on. Um, and I kept getting interrupted, but I see most of it. That is commitment. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm happy. I mean, do you know what? At the end of the day, we broke the record for the um, best start in the top five European leagues, unbelievable. Which is just ridiculous. Like this, th- I mean, we've had guys here, Moss, and, and debate um, whether this is the best team we've seen in Europe. I wouldn't quite go that far because we haven't won the, even won the league yet. Yeah, but the records that Liverpool are breaking right now—it's just we haven't seen this in, in our era of football. It, it's crazy. Um, we got the win, and I think the game. What did you think of the game, Danny? The game, 
to be honest, was boring as anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree. As we said in the last pod, um, I said that, that Spurs were a second-half team, and Spurs proved me right. Like, yeah. first half, they were garbage. And the only difference was that I thought Mourinho then was going to stop parking the bus, he was going to come out of the second half. And that's why, I, obviously, I went for 2-0. I kind of said that in the last podcast. I said, we'll go 1-0 up, we'll wait for them to come at us, and then we'll we'll go and get the second. Yes. And the difference was is that it went into the second half. I thought, right, Mourinho's going to come at us now, he's going to set up his team, he's going to sort of push, push Lucas Moira and push Dele Alli further ahead, try and get them in at us. And he just didn't. Yeah. He just kind of sat there and waited for Liverpool to make a mistake. And We did, though, didn't we? We made a couple. We did make a couple of mistakes, but to be honest, I think, as they said, the only chances they got, which, to be fair, they had that one whipped in from the right-hand side that they should have finished. Yes. Um, and your boy... Son had a chance as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Son had a chance. Had a yeah, chances. I was going to say, especially first half, he had a couple of chances. actually predicted that that Son would be there threat yeah, yeah he's fast he's quick I know we're going to probably debate it on another pod but Son would be the man that I would would Take bring into this Liverpool yeah. team because um, he plays our style of football and he's good um, but yeah they just didn't really do not on spares no Kane no goals exactly you know, that, that, I mean I just didn't see them scoring they just look like as I said they were waiting for the mistake Mourinho just looked kind of out of ideas yeah he's that iconic shot isn't he Mourinho on his knees yeah kind of you know, <laughs> giving in to Klopp and that's just kind of become an instant meme yes it has and <laughs> great rightfully so because as I said before I think Mourinho was the most overrated man in football but anyway do you know what comfortable <laughs> victory in the end Yeah, I think we were just coasting almost I didn't think we got out of second gear I think we were just it was a professional performance we got the win we did what we needed to do yeah. at that point we would have been 16 points clear with a game in hand yeah. I know City won on Sunday so I think team, but it's still a professional performance yeah. and we've just done the job really which is what we've been doing this season yeah I think the debate has been that yeah we won at 1-0 and we kind of cruised it. we knew that we could just sit at 1-0 you'd had your boy Lo Celso came on in second half for yes. Spurs and to be fair if Kane was in the position that Lo Celso was in he'd have scored that goal yes. that goal whipped in from the right yep. he had the touch he, sh- he should have scored how it went past the goal is beyond me yeah. um, but he, sh- he should have had it and I think but I, I do think to myself at the same time so I was listening to Paul Merson talking on Five Live and things like that and he was talking about the fact that oh well, if they would have finished the chances they'd have beat Liverpool yeah. I honestly feel that we didn't come out of second gear in that game 100%. and you felt like we could have won 3-4-0 yeah. and I think that we could have just stepped up and we would have pushed it and Liverpool showed signs of it but generally I think Klopp is managing his team in terms of he said go 1-0 sit back let them come at you they've got nothing in them and they, and they proved us right and yeah. I think we kind of managed the game on to the next one try and get the, the energy back in the boys to do this final push um, and yeah, just, just I think keep the going thing about Liverpool game. as well is like you know that front three that we keep mentioning, everyone keeps talking about, but you'll never get sick of talking about it. Then you're just waiting for one of them to produce. If Salah doesn't produce or Manny doesn't produce at the weekend, Firmino produced. Yeah, Do you know, and the goal itself doesn't come across as like a world class goal or a goal that you know is going to make goal of the season or goal of the month. But for that little intricate play where it come from Robinson into, into Salah, Salah the strength and he put it through to Firmino, that actually. People who play football, like we 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 play seven aside regularly. You, very rarely, if you've seen a goal like that once in a month, it'll be great. Yeah, the, the goal you've got to appreciate the technique for Salah to have the strength and then pull in and then Firmino to actually score. Um, I just thought that bit, bit of quality, bit of class that we have yeah. and spares lacked. You know that that was my opinion in the game. But every week 
if one isn't producing, the other one in. Yes, yeah. you know, and that's the reality. And as a defender, because I would play most of my time eleven aside and seven aside playing centre back. Yes, for a ball straight away, I know as a defender standing in that position, as a ball is whipped into Firmino at that speed, he's taking the touch that's going to go a couple of yards ahead of him. You have a chance to jump in, and you've seen the centre back go to do that. He yep. stepped onto his left foot, knowing that. Firmino was going to take a heavy touch and then he'd be able to take it off him. Nope. To bring the ball across his body in the way that he did and sell the defender. Yeah. Like at that at that pace, it is it, it says far more about the goal than, than what it looks like, as you said. When you look at the goal, it just looks like, oh yeah, he brought it down his left, he smashed yeah. it into the t- sort of side of the net. Yeah. But to bring it across at that pace, yeah. like that's how it beat the defender, and it's the whole reason the goal came up. It's, and that is it was absolute quality. It was a it's really just that good bit of class and say if one of them doesn't turn up, the other one doesn't. And what more can you say? I mean it wasn't a game that we'll remember forever. Yeah. It wasn't a game that I kind of want to dwell on too much because it wasn't a great watch. Yeah. But we got the job done. Any season, even going back to like 10, 15, 20 years ago, a win away at Spurs is a good result. Yeah. Do you know? So I don't care. At the end of the day, we got the result. We got the win. We did what we need to do. And yeah, let's move on to the next. That's kind of what Klopp keeps saying, doesn't he? Momentum, just do the job, move on. Do the job, move on. And that's what we did. Professional performance. You know, um, Right guys, um, we are now going to discuss our all-time Liverpool 7 aside. Alright folks, thanks for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Alright folks, so we had a listener write into us, Scott Kingston, and he asked us to name our all-time Liverpool 7 aside team. Now obviously um, we could do an all-time 7 aside, but we're just going to keep it to from the early 90s to when me and Danny started following football. Yep. So yeah, um, without further ado, who would you go for? So seven side team, who'd be your goalkeeper, Danny? Michael, like we have had some good goalkeepers throughout the time. Obviously, for me, obviously one of the big highlights was yeah, Jersey Dudek, two thousand five Champions League final. Yeah, um, it, like that moment puts him down as a legend for me in all Chef, time. Shevchenko double save. Yeah, extra exa- time. Exactly. Um, you've, you've got Pepe Reina after that. It was it was quality keeper, consistent and stuff like that. For me though, I know. I know he's only been there two seasons, but I've, I've got to put Allison in. Fair enough. He's, yeah. he's consistent, he's quality, he's safe. Even with Rayner, like I loved Rayner, and obviously he was probably one of the, the big keepers during my time of watching Liverpool. Um, but you'd always felt, maybe it was just because of the defensive line, but you'd always felt like he had a little bit of a mistake in him. Yeah. Um, Allison, I don't feel like that. After this, obviously, is. Wanting to take a lot of touches. Of when he first mistakes. came in, yeah. he had this the thing that he was doing at Roma of taking a lot of touches, taking it round players, and yeah. then he he suddenly realised the pace of the Prem is very yeah. different. Um, but 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 since that, he's he's adapted, he's consistent, he's solid. So for me, like I can't I can't look past Allison. Okay, fair enough. What I have you? gone, which is it could be a little bit leading my heart here, but I've gone for J to do that just for that double save against Shevchenko. Yeah, and why not? I mean, Allison. Okay, he's a European Cup and I like do that, but just for that double save, I'm going my heart here rather than my head. Oh yeah. So I'm going for yeah to do that. Um yeah, so there's my goalkeeper. And I think, you know, we it was underrated. You know, we had Chris Kirkland at the club at the time, before mm-hmm. that time Westerfield, and he fought number one. And as I say, that double save was just it's it's you'll never see one like it. No. it was, you can, you can call it fluky, you can call it what you want, but just for that double save, going to my heart, I'm going for Yeti Dudek. Yeah, don't blame me. Okay, what about yourself? Who you got in defence, Danny? Now, I went for a back three, as I said just before. Defensive-minded? I, I would be oh, more... you get on well with Jose Mourinho, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Park on the bus, right the start. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm a defensive player. Uh, I like playing defensive. For me, obviously, I put a lot of emphasis on the defence. I think a game's won or lost by the defensive lineup you'd have. Um, so I've gone for three at the back. 
Uh, obviously, again, goes without saying, I have gone for Virgil van Dijk and put him in because, again, he's only played a couple of seasons for Liverpool, but Virgil van Dijk is quality. He's an absolute, as they've said so many times on the TV and stuff, he's the, he's the Rolls Royce of defenders. He's just season on season, he's improving, he makes everyone feel calm, and I think that's such an important thing. Plus, he's good. Yeah, so I've gone for Van Dijk. Yeah. My back three consists of Van Dijk, uh, Sammy Hibbier. Sammy Hippier yeah. was a, a legend at the club obviously captain before Gerrard yeah. uh, amazing with his head to be able to score goals defended yeah. really well in the early stages of his career especially and this may be controversial to say he made Carragher look good okay. because Carragher was slow when he started his career for me he was he, he sort of lacked a little bit and, and Sammy Hippier really brought Carragher to the level at which he has, is now yeah. um, I think just a, just a wee shout out um, I'm sure we'll discuss it in the third of the pod when Sammy Hippier lost his captaincy to Gerrard mm. He could have taken that so so bad. Exactly, there'd be so many boys that throw the head up. Like. And he he stepped up as a man and he helped Gerard. Yeah, and I think it made him a better player. And he he's a legend. He's a true legend of the club. Yeah. So yeah, fair enough for Hippie. Yeah. So I threw him in, and then my last one is probably a a debatable one, and probably similar to yourself. I'm going with a heart. I've gone for Virgil Van Dijk, Sammy Hippie, Steve Finnan. Oh right! One. Wow, okay. Steve Finnan for me consistent. is an, yeah, he's an unsung hero. Um, so I like him in between obviously recording the Jason Bourne films that he obviously looks like he does um, <laughs> Steve Finnan for me <coughs> was Mr Consistent at that right back position he was a solid sort of 7, 8 out of 10 every single week he right. barely put his foot wrong I like I loved him I loved watching Finnan he was a yeah. really good consistent player he was just a real solid head in, in that defence for me so that, so that was my back three well, fair enough well, I'm an attack man the player so I've only gone for two at the back um, Sammy Hippie nearly got on the team there but I've obviously gone for Van Dijk mm. so we've discussed it only too much more and obviously Jamie Carragher yeah. I mean Mr Liverpool um, you can say a lot about Carragher but there's a man that made the most of his ability yeah. he's made the most of his talents to play, to play over 700 games for Liverpool Football Club to be a Champions League winner I mean, to be for probably three or four years discussed at the top echelons of world football. Yeah, he, he was stealing a living at that at world class footballer. Mm. But he in that conversation, and the only reason he was in that conversation because of his hard work. Yeah, do you know he never had the talent of your Ferdinands and even your Van Dykes, and he'll tell you that himself. No, oh, yeah. But to, for, to to make the amount of paint he did for Liverpool, to to be the servant that he is, um, and I think I shed a tear when he left. Mm. He probably that season we, if he was in that he could have stayed next year and I think we might have won the league yeah. bringing Carragher on 20 minutes ago trying to show the defence up I think that could have been the difference yeah. in us losing that league that league season and winning it but yeah so my back two in a seven side team are Van Dijk and Jamie Carragher um, midfield then who did you go for Danny? so I've put two in my midfield obviously if you haven't guessed by now I've gone for the 3-2-1 so the Christmas tree formation right. uh, with Alisson sitting in goal there. I think I know one of your midfielders already Do you, who would you, who would you I, guess? I reckon you've gone for Alonso and Gerard uh, that is exactly who my middle <laughs> two is there you go. Um, for me I don't, I, don't think you can, I don't think you can mention a midfield without putting Gerard into it Gerard is, is yeah. a legend obviously sat at the, at the top of world football for years um, carried Liverpool on numerous occasions basically won us Champions League final uh, with the way he, he rallied that team the FA Cup final yeah. against West Ham uh, you can't have a midfield without Gerrard in it but for me I went for Alonso alongside him Alonso for me was almost the complete player yeah. the way he played again similar to the likes of Andre Perlo and boys like that yes. he, he wasn't blessed with pace but he read the game do you think he was underrated because he moved and he jumped ship quite a bit because he went from um, I don't know was it from Real Sociedad to Liverpool and then Liverpool to Real Madrid mm. and then was it Real Madrid to Bayern, Bayern Munich, Munich then, yeah. do you think because he jumped ship a wee bit he was underrated so he's never quite appreciated enough 
I know Liverpool fans appreciate him, but do you think because he never stayed at one club like your Scholes, like your Pirlo's, he wasn't appreciated much? I think I think if he would have stayed at one club his entire career, he would have been a legend at that club. And yet the fact that he's jumped about means that he maybe doesn't have yeah. the the accolade that, that he should do at one particular club. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone denies the ability that he had. I said that for me at the at the peak of Alonso's game, he was reading the game two, three passes ahead of anybody else. Yes. He knew what was going on to be able to ping yeah. those halfway line goals that he scored for Liverpool was be, just because he, goals, he read yeah. the game more than more than yeah. anybody else on the pitch. He knew where everybody was. He knew what he was doing. World Cup winner. Yeah. Exactly, you know I mean? and uh, you don't get the accolades that Alonso has got. Yeah, sort of winning numerous different leagues: Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, Champions yeah. League, World Cup, all these different things. I just pick he could have walked into any team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hey, not a bad midfield. Myself, I've obviously gone with Gerard, um, yeah. Mr. Liverpool captain, fantastic. Um, I think, in my opinion, and I've you know, I've, I don't know if everyone agrees with this, or not, but it'd be interesting to see. Um, John Joe Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Steven Gerrard was the best. Is the best. Overall midfielder of all time, mm. right? And I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan, so I'm, I'm gonna say that these arguments, you know, for your skulls as your pillows and stuff like that. But I don't think skulls could go on at right back and do a job. Mm. Gerard could. Lampard scored more goals than Gerard. You know, okay, but Gerard, I think, as peak if he played that position that Lampard did for all those years, would have scored just as many goals, if not more, than Lampard. And as an overall midfielder, I just think Gerard was the best midfielder I've ever seen. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and as peak. The pace, the power, the tackling, the inspiration, the goals, everything. So you couldn't leave and could not leave Stephen Gerrard out. Yeah. And my second choice, which is a, as I say, I've gone for it. One and goal, two at the back, two midfield. My other midfielder is Jordan Henderson. Okay. So controversial, maybe yeah. a little bit. I think he's underrated. I think the legs on him. If you're on a seven side team, mm. you want boys with legs. Yeah. Jordan Henderson will just run round non-stop, and he can actually play. I think he's unappreciated. He's that story where he's going to go out and loan a film. Mm. Brendan Rodgers said to him, right, you're on your way to film. And he said, no, I'm not going. Next thing you know, he makes him captain. He's now a European Cup winner, Liverpool. He's in the history books with the likes. He's Steven Gerrard's with the likes. He's Alan Hansen's. He's Kenny Douglas's that have lifted a European Cup for Liverpool. So, mm. as far as I'm concerned, he walks into my team alongside Gerard. It's interesting. That's an interesting, and there'll be a lot of people discussing that because obviously it's been branded about that he's, he's took his time to get to where he is. Is he only in the position be, that he's in because he's got legs? Because he can run? Is he not just a poor man's Dirk kite? Um, That's harsh. No, <laughs> I mean I like Dirk out, but that was harsh. <laughs> the, the, the way I look at it, when Gerard, when you got Gerard's passing, you don't need Alonso's passing too. Yeah. So. Henderson isn't a bad passer but he's got the legs he works hard he's a good voice and yeah he, as I think we're going to win this league this season and Jordan Henderson sets the tempo mm. and I think when Jordan Henderson leaves Liverpool which I hope isn't for a long long time that's when I appreciate him yeah do you know I love Jordan Henderson but it's an, it's an interesting that's, choice I think yeah. it's it's a debatable one right so up front who did you go for who is your sole striker Danny I know and this is the thing you have to choose wisely if you're only putting one man up top it has to be a good man and I this is where all the debate will come in and people will be waiting for the name there's so many potentials that have played for Liverpool over the years the Michael Owen your uh, Suarez your Torres all these different boys I think I know um, you could potentially still make it <laughs> I mean, you've got all these legends of the game I I have gone with me heart and at the time that I was watching football and the passion that you felt I've, I've gone for Torres right okay I've put Torres in would you have expected me do you know what he, was, he made my team and then I took him out and put another player in okay so we'll come back to my but tell me why Torres Torres for me at the time that I was watching football it was at a time when Liverpool was sort of 
a little bit of a slump. We didn't quite know where we were, what we were doing. Uh, we were kind of sort of sitting in the top four, and, and but sort of struggling at, at certain points to be in the top four. And Torres came in and just revolutionised our team. He yeah. was winning games single-handedly, the way he scored goals. And obviously we're going to discuss it in a bit and go into it. But obviously one of the key things is that you want a striker to turn up in big games. And we, we played United at Old Trafford and Torres just absolutely, yeah. just absolutely murdered Vidic on his own. Yes. And, and in those big games, he showed up and he played. And like I loved it. And, yeah. and I don't like the way that Torres left, obviously. The, and that's where the debate comes in. But yeah. for me, like Torres was quality. So it was between him and Suarez, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. But but Torres, Torres gets enough. Do you remember the song? His arm, man, there you Torres. And I won't bore you, but fair enough. <laughs> so I've gone for two up front, being the attacking minded player that I am. My first one, I think, walks himself in the team is Luis Suarez. Yeah. As you say, you come into your, you know, for me, it was, you know, if I go through a couple of names, your Robbie Fowler that could have been discussed, mm. and, but I think he was just a bit before my time and other players. But yeah, Suarez, the reason I picked Suarez is a bit like Gerard, he kind of single handedly, you know, run Liverpool for three years. If it wasn't for Suarez, we wouldn't come anywhere near in the league. You know, yeah. Gerard had his contribution, so did Sturridge. Um, but yeah, Louis Suarez, he's just, in his peak, he could have done everything. And he made goals out of nothing. he done stuff in the football pitch that you didn't even think was possible. Yeah. You know, um, he's a player that you hate to play against, as you know, he showed when we played Barcelona there. Yeah. Um, but we got the last laugh, which is good. But at his peak, when he was at Liverpool, and he was scoring three and four goals these games and running past players. And then I think Ferdinand said he was the hardest player that he's ever played against. Mm. He, just, he would make a mistake and get past it. He never knew what he was doing. Yeah, and it was just like, I mean, it's just the, the, the determination that I think only a South American would have. Yeah. He just literally, for me, I watched him on a football pitch and I thought Liverpool always had a chance because he was playing. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. And my second striker, this is going to be very, very, very controversial. Okay. But I'm going with my heart here, not my, and not my head. Michael Owen. Michael Owen. Yes. That is an interesting one. I yes. think people will be quite divided about that. Yeah, I know. I mean, take what happened afterwards. It's been well stated. Michael Owen wanted to come back to Liverpool before going to Newcastle, but Liverpool wouldn't pay the money. Yeah. Real Madrid was holding his hands, um, or keeping his hands tied as such. Again, when he uh, went to United, you know, he'd just been released by Newcastle. What are you going to get? You're going to go to Everton or Man United. Yeah. He won the Premier League at United. I know there's this hate towards United. I get that, and he went to United, and he probably in hard times shouldn't have done it. Yeah, and I think he does regret it in hindsight. He does, but at the end of the day, he won a Premier League title. And it's like seeing his peak, which I think he peaked very early because of his pace and his hamstrings. Seeing his peak for three or four years at Liverpool when he was England's best player from about 18, maybe in 18, 19 to about 22, 23. Yeah. He was unplayable. Yeah. Absolute the pace he had was he won the FA Cup final single treble winning season like yeah, yeah well that's it they say the Gerard final the Gerard won it Owen won us that final yeah you know um, two thousand and one and he won the treble um, Carragher Gerard a lot of people always say when he was honest when he was on form and he, he before his hamstrings basically went it was fantastic and going with my heart when I grew up in the school playground scoring goals I'd shout Michael Owen yeah and I just don't hold a hate towards him um, he had a decision to make and he made it yeah so yeah there you go. Um, so yeah so from top to bottom my team was Dudek, Van Dijk, Carragher Gerard, Henderson Owen and Suarez what was yours from top to bottom Danny? and mine was Alisson, Van Dijk Hippier, Finnan Alonso, Gerard and Torres alright guys who do you think was the best team out of that? please give us a shout on our Facebook page or email us at ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road at gmail.com that's one word at ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road at gmail.com our next discussion is our debate of the week. Who's the most 
and who's the best player out of Salah, Manny and Firmino. Okay, Danny, so this week we've got a debate. Uh, one of our listeners wrote in with it. And it is a very, very interesting one. Who's the most important player out of Sadio Mane? Mo Salah and Roberto Firmino. A few stats to go over um, before we have the debate. Mane has made 112 appearances for Liverpool, scoring 56 goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's 69 appearances for Senegal, scoring 19 goals. Mohamed Salah has 92 appearances for Liverpool, scoring 64 goals. He's 67 appearances for Egypt, scoring 41 goals. Some stats there. And Firmino has got 158 appearances for Liverpool, scoring 55 goals. And Brazil, he's got 44 appearances, scoring 13 goals. Okay, this is a very interesting one that people discuss often, but I think without further ado, I'll just pass it straight over to Danny. Who would you, if you had to pick one of them that you could not lose out of the Liverpool team, who would you pick? It's a tough one because all three of them together make the forward line what it is. Yeah. I think, as we said before, discussing in a different part, if, if one of them drops out of that team, the, the front three doesn't look the same. It doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't have the same fight. Um, so it's hard to be able to choose. And, and, and that's why it's, a, I suppose, that's why it's a debate. debate yeah. um, because everyone will have different opinions. For me, going on the time of when he came in, the impact he's had, for me, I if I had to choose between the three of them, Sadio Mane gets a nod for me every single time. Okay. Sadio Mane came into Liverpool at a time when we didn't have the dynamic of having pace. Um, obviously, um, we, we brought Mane in, we brought a few other boys, started bringing Robertson in, uh, Trent came into the lineup and different things like this, which added that pace. But Mane, for me, was the deciding factor. That first season that Mane was at Liverpool, he, he revolutionised the team. And the second Mane was out of that lineup, we, we looked a beaten team. Uh, and for me, one of the things that happens is that normally you bring in other players, you start to build on the squad, and obviously Salah came in uh, and different things like that. Mane, for me, consistently, we say about the fact that, that Salah has had a great season last season, scored tons of goals. Well, he was Mane is the top that. goal scorer last season in the Premier League. And that's the thing. Oh, yeah. with Salah? Yeah. But Salah was the one that got all the accolades, and he was the potentially best player in the world alongside Messi and Ronaldo, and, and got all the accolades. Where for me, one of the things that. that Salah hasn't done this season is up that improved okay. it you see the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo season upon season upon season he's getting better and better and better um, or at least levelling his stats and keeping them the same for me Mane has consistently got better over the seasons good point yeah he is, he's always improving he's always looking at different ways that he can affect the team you can play Mane on the right you can play him on the left you can play him down the middle he's versatile he does a job you see even Andy Robertson when he plays left back he's not the same player when Mane is in front of him because he has so much confidence that he knows that Mane has got the pace that he's going to help him up top they're going to run it together passing it about and if they lose the ball and Robertson's lagging a little bit he knows he can rely on Mane because he gets back and does a job defensively as I well give you that he does yeah so for me for me it's Mane I, like I would have Mane over the other two <laughs> right what about you where, where do you stand on it do you know what you could make an argument for all three couldn't you oh yeah and you are clutching straws because all three of them make the fun three that they are yeah but come to my answer, I'm going to go for Roberto Firmino. The reason I say that is I think he just gelled them together. Yeah. I think Salah individually, fantastic. Mm. I think Mane individually, fantastic. And if I had to pick out a Mane and Salah, it would probably just edge Mane because mm. of his work rate and you know with the assists and stuff. Yeah. I think Salah can be quite selfish at times. But yeah, without, without doubt for me, Firmino, the most unselfish player I've ever seen playing football. Yeah. The man would get obviously gets just as much of a buzz 
out to do the scoring them him. See the amount of times Salah or Mane scores, it's Firmino pulling the man away. Yeah. Or Firmino is Firmino is more or less in, involved in every single tackle that people have. You know, Mane can go missing, so can Salah. I'd admit that Salah goes missing a bit more than Mane, yeah. maybe over the last. Especially this, months. I think the yeah, I think this season yeah. more than the others. But Firmino just gels them together. I think he's class. Um, he doesn't get as many goals. It's because he's so unselfish. Mm. I think if Firmino was selfish, I think he'd be getting the figures that Mane and Salah got. But I mean, would you really want? Three of them to be selfish, as, you know. I think Firmino just keeps that keeps the level away. But he's the gel, as I say. He's the Gerard said. Um, Gerard played in a friendly um, in Australia. Um, I can't remember the game, but Gerard McManaman and Carragher played, and he played a half of Firmino. And Stephen Gerard said that he was one of the best players he's ever played with because he was always available. Yeah. Do you know Salah wants the ball through so he can score. Mane kind of wants it in a wide area so he can take a defender on and make him look stupid. Firmino doesn't matter where he's comfortable taking the ball over. See the little flicks he does. Like yeah. these are these seems to be a you know a wee thing every week where Firmino's done something unbelievable on a football pitch. You know, to be the number nine for Brazil as well, I know he's found it hard getting in the team, but to keep some of the names out yeah. that he's keeping out the likes of Jesus, you know I just think for me, Roberto Firmino is one of the most underrated footballers to ever play in, in the in the Premier League. I don't yeah. think he's underrated by Liverpool fans. But if I had to get rid of one of the three, it would not be Firmino. I think you could find another money or another Salah. Um, if you really had to, you could develop them. Okay. You know, you got the likes of Miramino coming. I'm not comparing Miramino to Mane and Salah. And um, you got the, like Origi coming in. But the only the best way to think to to, to compare Roberto Firmino is when you put Origi in that position. Origi is a good player. He really is, but he's nowhere near. Yeah. What Firmino is, oh, I just think planet, Firmino like. is a gel that holds the front feet together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't really know what more to say. Um, I think everyone that watches football will understand my argument here. Yeah. Um, He's come into a lot of unfair criticism, I think, because generally the statistic has always been, uh, and the stereotype has always been, that if you're the number nine, you're a, you're a 20 goal a season player. Everyone yeah. is looking for a 20, 30 goal a season man. Firmino is not that man. No. Firmino is not getting you 20, 30 goals consistently every season, but he does a job that, that is a thankless job. And as you said, he's come into a lot of criticism. Oh, he should be scoring more goals. He should be scoring more goals. But the only reason, and I know I'm kind of debating your side of the argument here, <laughs> but the only reason that Mane and, and Salah have got the goals that they've got is because of Firmino. And if he wasn't in that team, we wouldn't have if the Firmino level of goals. If Firmino was more selfish, I think he would hit those figures. Yeah. That's why I think he's the best player out of freedom, because he gels them together. Yeah. Um, I just think that. I keep repeating myself here, but without without Firmino, Salah and Mane would not be the players that they are. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to get rid of any one of them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You can make it the you can make it the big for Salah as well, being the most important player. The goals he gets, and you know, he's, he's still quality. But for me, Firmino is just. But I think you're seeing that this season. You look at other teams, you look at the likes of Real Madrid and boys like that. Real Madrid have got three, they, they sit with a front three like us, uh, normally with sort of uh, Gareth Bale and Isco and, and different things like that. Yeah. And the thing is, is that they've got three stars. And because of that, they're not getting as many goals as yeah. Liverpool because they've got three boys that are wanting to shine. And because of that, they're taking on chances that they shouldn't be taking because they're all trying to outshine each other. Exactly. Having somebody that's prepared to step back it's out the of the line. Like, the three, it's the harmony of the three. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I just, I just sit there and I watch Firmino and I just think, wow, he come and he comes up with little balls that you just you wouldn't you couldn't see. Yeah, he is like you said about Alonso before. He's two three seconds ahead. He's very intelligent and he works hard. I think he works the hardest out of the front three. Yeah, why do you think Klopp tends to take Firmino off maybe fifteen to minutes to go? 
because he's worked the hardest. Yeah. And you want to, you know, you want to wrap him up in cotton wool. Yeah. And his uh, goal on Saturday proved that. Yeah. Is is where crazy getting finish. into those spaces. He scores headers. He scores. He scores. Firmino scores every single type yeah. of goal. And his goals are quality. Like. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, they're all so different. Like, in my opinion, if I had to describe the freedom, you know, Manny's that player that can just he can just make. Other players look stupid, and he dribbles past them, and he all makes all, almost makes it look easy yeah. sometimes. And he seems to get very important goals. Salah is a man that just—he's just—I think he's just developed this game to being a goal scorer. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, when Salah is missing these chances, you're almost disappointed now because of what we used to be seeing. Yeah, when he, you know, I think my head and probably been too harsh on him because he's not scoring every game. And that's the thing, isn't it? But yeah, he's still terrifying defenses. Yeah, with his sheer pace, and he's so strong on the ball. Yeah, and for me, now, as I say, I think he's just a genius, and he's just—he just. He just it's just great to watch him. I would hate to watch him another team, another shirt. Yeah. Um, and I think Klopp has said on a few occasions that he, I keep repeating myself, but he's a gel to bring the team together. And he, he Firmino dropped into clever roles as well. Firmino drops back, comes into positions that Salah and Manny doesn't. Salah and Manny kind of stick to what position they're in. Firmino is kind of everywhere. And he will do a defensive job as well. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you're going for Manny? I'm going for Manny. And I'm going for Firmino. Write into us on our Facebook page or email us at ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road at gmail.com if you think it could be someone different, i.e. Mo Salah. Um, our next part of the show is a big, big, big discussion, and I think we'll have a lot of debate with Paul, our guest. It's all about the preview for Liverpool versus Manchester United. Hi, guys, this is Danny here for Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Thank you so much for tuning into the pod. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Get weekly updates from us regarding all things Liverpool and the connection to the island of Ireland. Also, if you could give us a like and share it with your friends, we'd really appreciate that so we can reach as many people as possible. Liverpool fans, lovers of football and people who just love listening to accents that they can hardly understand. Thanks again for listening and remember to subscribe to Ammo and Danny's Irish at Field Road. You'll never walk alone. Right then, guys, it's the big... Big, big match on Sunday. The biggest game in world football. Liverpool versus Manchester United. And we've got a very, very, very special guest on today, Paul Kelly. Paul, tell me your story. How's it going, guys? Um, Paul Kelly. I'm obviously, with my accent, you can tell I'm from Scotland. Um, I met my wife here in 2008. And what part of the world are you living in? I'm originally from Fife, Kirkcaldy Fife in Scotland, but I live here now, um, which I really like. Um, so I've been living here since 2008, married my wife, I've got two kids, uh, one massive Manchester United 10-year-old fan, so my son and my daughter. <laughs> is I actually, love this. She's actually a Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't know. Yeah, this is yeah, what yeah. I find baffling about Such. about this part of the world. Like, because I always thought, I always say about the fact that when I like in Liverpool, when I was born in Liverpool, raised there, my dad always said to me, "We had obviously Everton Liverpool to choose from." The thought of supporting another team yeah. outside of one of them, and my dad's a Liverpool fan. So my dad said to me, "He said, I said to him, like, can I support Everton? We lived next to Everton's ground. I could see Everton's ground from my window." And I said to my dad, like, what about being an Everton fan? He said, he said you can be an Everton fan if you want, but you're not sleeping in this house. <laughs> and that was it. Like, I went to watch the pool lip switch. Well, was the first game I went to, and that was... <laughs> what, 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 what's your daughter's name? Uh, Katie. Katie Kelly. Shout out to Katie Kelly. She's obviously got sense. Right, so Liverpool United. Okay, so we are on 61 points, obviously cruising atop the league. United on 34 points. Okay. We've got 66 wins in our history. There's been 57 draws. And United ahead with 80 wins. The largest victory by Liverpool 
um, was on the 12th of October 1895 and it was a 7-1 victory to Liverpool sorry Paul had to get that <laughs> um, yeah so we're just here basically to discuss Liverpool United so you've got a few questions there for Paul haven't you Danny yeah because I find it interesting I'm sure you'll appreciate Paul that like me and Ammo being from Liverpool like I, I never really knew any Manchester United fans until I moved over here yeah. and then suddenly you get this mix of like it's half United half Liverpool you get the odd weird Leicester fan and Leeds fan and Aston <laughs> Villa fan um, but generally I've only ever been used to can, can Liverpool just, or Everton and that's it can I just jump in here I mean I tell the story um, quite a bit my very first day in work when I moved to a place called Straban in Ireland um, I, I looked out my window and I, it was a Monday morning and I seen a Liverpool fan and a United fan walking side by side and as a lad that has grew up in Liverpool mind blowing yes and I looked out the, no, do you know you take a look at something and you have to take a look back and you take a look back and you're like it's, they were obviously on the set from the, from the weekend because they were, you know, you could just tell. But one was in Liverpool top and one was in United top, and they were just walking side by side, chatting. And I just could not fathom this in my head. But as Danny's saying, it, growing up in Liverpool, you just wouldn't see that. It's, it's yeah. alien. As we're over here in Ireland, Northern Ireland, it's just people can be best mates and they can be Liverpool and United and Celtic and Rangers and, you know, other small derbies, which you won't go into. But I, I, it's just mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah. Living I, over here in Ireland, yeah, how people just have the banter. Yeah. But I've never really had the chance to be able to talk to someone who's a United fan and really find out what's going on in terms of... You think, like, my first question would be asking you as a United fan is when Mourinho got sacked from United, you've got... Like, the fans give Mourinho dogs abuse for the fact that he wasn't putting the team out right. He wasn't looking like he was trying. He was kind of just parking the bus and hoping to get wins and he was just sitting back hoping to get the money in and that's it and bringing in Matic and his favourite players um, <laughs> and, and they criticised him because he was 19 points away from the leaders which is Man City at that time yeah. like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is currently 27 points away from Liverpool and we've got a game in hand so potentially 30 points away from Liverpool potentially widening that gap this, this weekend um, depending on how we get on why? Why is Ollie from a United perspective? Why is Ollie even still there? I think, there? I think like, what you say about the gap, he's played what twenty-one games, one twenty. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've scalped two points off you already this season. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, he's had to get that. <laughs> but, but, but the fact, the fact, he's are actually playing that tremendous. I know it's a thirty-point gap, but if you look at how many points previous champions of the leagues have have been, they're nowhere near where you are at the minute. Maybe the Invincibles back in the day, yeah. the Arsenal's. So I know it's a big gap. And going back to the Mourinho thing, maybe it was a wee bit premature because, you know, it's funny because he was a bit of profit because he could see where United was going. Um, yeah, he, he did have know, a few he, yeah, interviews where he was yeah, saying. And he says, he says one, one of his best achievements in his whole football career was the, the year United came second runners-up against City. Um, yeah. Although yeah. we wouldn't look at that I think that riled a lot of people. But if you look actually, if you actually... And it's like what you're saying about you, like Henderson, you, you'll not appreciate him till, till, till he's probably left Liverpool yes. and finished his career. It's not until this season you actually look at last season when Mourinho was in charge you kind of appreciate actually because Liverpool's came on leaps and bounds City's been performing obviously last season quite well Spurs were up there you know there was a lot of a lot of, a lot of teams even the, there's no such thing as a rubbish team in the Premier League these days where you could be Norwich bottom of the league and, and one you go play with them your best team being consistent and you can get humped to now Do you think Ollie's getting a bit of kind of length of time off the fans is because he's an ex-player and he's well, got that goal well and... I think oh, I think he's doing the right thing because um, in no respect to obviously Liverpool, Liverpool fans there's no such thing as a quick fix and, and it took you a long long time to get reused re- re- back up to I agree it did it took right, rightfully yeah, so should yeah. be to be honest we've, we've uh, clocked putting his up there but um, 
I think um, me personally and a lot of um, United fans and maybe even Liverpool fans or any other footballing fans that would listen to this would probably agree is I, I wrote this season off and I'll probably write next season off for United yeah. it's all about progression progress is a slow process um, so I think we do we do the roots we do the Phil Joneses um, <laughs> you know and and and, and a other couple of people um, and get the correct people like we're in the process of hopefully getting Bruno so, so, so what's a good season for United. A good season for United is um, it's slowly coming together at the minute. There's no consistency. I think it's been good so far. The positives this season, um, and I'm sure a lot of people agree, is we're, we're, we're taking points off the teams that are up there. We're taking points off Liverpool's, Chelsea's, Spurs, Man, uh, Man City's. But we're one-trick ponies at the minute. We're that really fast, hard-to-deal with counter-attacking team. Um, it wasn't until the Norwich game at the weekend, we've actually, the first time probably a season in my eyes, that we've actually... Broke doing a team that's not so much parking the bus, but it's playing more defensively, and, and that's been Mata. However, Mata is not the Mata for eight, five, six years ago, Aye. and this is where I think Bruno Fernandes, the f- so it's about all his fourth signing, signing yeah. will will create that plan B and plan C against teams to break down easier because. Cities on Tuesday against United, they, they, they knew we were going to come at counter-attacking football, so they played a false nine and absolutely yeah. destroyed. We never had a plan B, yeah. and it showed in the second half. Cause we, we, Do you we, think this comparison to be made of the Liverpool of maybe seven, eight years ago and the United of couldn't they? You know, kind of, they've had their time and they're rebuilding and they've kind of having to... There's no clear vision there at the minute like the team isn't all pushing in one direction if you know yeah, what I mean, I mean do you and, think, and that's why I'd keep all I agree with you yeah, do you yeah. think also that because United have been so successful over the last maybe 10-15 years that like you've got to go through the pain of what it is now mm-hmm. see Liverpool fans you know any other football fan would be saying we're walking this league and I keep saying it yeah, but I'm, I think I'm in a minority Liverpool fans here I think most Liverpool fans are kind of they're very edgy because they, they've been through that much pain yeah. We've watched United win that many league titles that we just don't want to jinx it just in case. And do you think that United have to, well, I'm trying to guess what I'm trying to say here, do you think United have to experience this pain and you know, this really hardship to appreciate the good times again? I agree there, uh, definitely. I, th- I think what's, what's, what, what makes it hard is the fact that, um, and I'm worried because obviously Sir Alex Ferguson and David Gill left at quite, quite the same time and we've got Edward Ward. And if you look back to, I don't know if you are aware of where the Glazers, when the Glazers wanted to buy uh, United, the guy that made that happen there, um, I don't know if he was like a financial advisor, whatever you'd call it, would be, was Edward Ward. Yeah. He was the guy that made that happen. Yeah. Um, he's more about revenue and he's all about like the brand, Manchester United becoming the brand. That's what I'm. I'm on a bit. It's like I'm worried that it, a lot of people look at it as at Manchester United as a brand. There's a lot of fans out there that that, that you know that that didn't get wrong. It's world, Manchester United is worldwide, but there's a lot of fans that you're a local local Liverpool lad, support Liverpool for the, obviously because that's your home club yeah, team. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of people out there that 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 I'm not saying the glory hunt, but there's a lot of people out there. Um, a lot of fans that you can actually go to Old Trafford. And you can you can tell when you go to Old Trafford so much these days. And that's what upsets me because you know I go to games and I watch games. And, and I'll, I'll be upset I'll be passionately not in an aggressive way but I will be you know I will be quite upset and it'll take a couple of hours to talk to me if you get like beat like for instance against Saturday during Tuesday you know it takes a long time um, do you think I think Man United you, still have that worldwide appeal and yeah I do yeah definitely um, I think, and I think that'll never go away yeah. um, but we've got to be careful and, and this is where probably you know I'm saying that um, we um, need to get these players and that but then I do think we need a director of football I think we need I'm going to call it here but I think we do need to get rid of Ed Woodward and, and get something that actually understands football rather than do you know what let's get uh, Nike to sponsor us for 100 million and we'll bring in good revenue no 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 no. we've got enough money let's get somebody in 
uh, in that appointment. So are we they get the tour there because we shine with Nike or? No, you're attracting good sponsors, yeah. not yeah. because of Edward Woods, because of, um, you, you've got, I suppose, a good sp- a director of football first and foremost. Yeah. So you've got Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, he's a good yeah. man management. Let's be honest, he's a good manager. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think you're right. no, I think you're right, and I think Gary Neville actually touched on it um, a couple of weeks ago in an interview that him and Jamie Carragher were doing, um, just saying the football goes in phases, yeah. and Man United have had sort of twenty years of glory, and now they've got to go through a whole rebuilding phase, and they, and they might come back. I, I hope that never happens, and I hope he's end up in League Two. But you know, <laughs> um, but, but but that's the that's the way it works. Quickly before we discuss the game on Sunday, the, um, so two years time. You said is it, you give give um, at least, two years yeah. at least two years in two years time do you still see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being Manchester United manager mm. in two years time yeah oh it depends on the players we get um, the, the consistency I mean everybody I think every every team in the Premier League have upped their game yeah to an, an aspect um, you know like City what was it last season I can't remember last season season before we're hitting 100 plus points to win the league now yeah, I think you, you need know. a head low defence to make a decision Paul uh, so two years <laughs> time Ole United manager yes or, or no if he gets the signings he wants <laughs> if he gets the signings he wants then yes, yes. If, he, if he gets the signings he wants because we've made three signings Dan James Harry Maguire one Zaka, and I can't fault them three at the minute. Yeah. He's brought in good players yes. that have changed. The I, I agree. I agree there. Um, okay. You know, and you know, you can argue this is the thing with Mourinho. You can argue that he get in the players the United way, shall we say? Yeah. All he's going to social is getting young guys. He's and just not doing it went wrong. Just Mourinho brought in McTominay. Thank goodness, because. Yeah. You know, he's fantastic. I'm always, I'm always fantastic. Yeah. I think, and I, and Scottish, I think Scottish, isn't he? Scottish. He is. Yeah. Well, yeah, English accent, Scot- Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, Robertson, Scottish, isn't he? I'm just, yes. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah. checking. Yeah. Now, <laughs> moving on to the game that's that's going to happen this weekend. Obviously, you go to the matches. You were at the do, Carabao yeah. Cup semi-final there, wasn't you? The uh, yeah, City United. Which, which I'm sure was an interesting one but obviously you go to the game what's the feeling like Liverpool United at Old Trafford how's, how's it feel what's, what's a good result what's a good result for Liverpool yeah what's a good result well, sorry what a, uh, Danny's saying there about what's the atmosphere like but I was asking what, what's a good result for United candidates Let, let's be honest with you Anfield will be at Old Trafford when it's Liverpool Liverpool United home, home or away the atmosphere is it's really good and you know and that's what football's all about yeah. the atmosphere and I think Anfield and Old Trafford's theatre dreams that they're, they're, they're stadiums that last a dying breed you didn't get that that atmosphere in many stadiums these days yeah um, um, so now, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, you know, you, you, it depends on the goal. It depends. On the, the, the good thing with Old Trafford, um, and, and if we're down one 0 to Liverpool, yeah. um, you, you will still be singing. So the, um, this this weekend at Anfield, what's a good result for United? What would you take? Would you take a point? That you know, at Anfield, I'd take a point. Yeah, I would. Yeah. How do you think the game will plan out? So who do you, who are you scared of most when you're you know of the Liverpool players that are going to play? Who's, who who do you fear the most? I think the way we've been playing so far in this season, um, we're not consistent in there. We're not consistent in set pieces or crosses. Um, so, but Alexander Arnold or, or Robertson, the way they swing the balls, and yeah, yeah, um, and in the link up with Robertson's yeah. particular, yeah. the way he links up and plays in one twos. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the more effect because if you yeah. look at the the one one draw we played later in the season was from across, and yeah. it actually bounced through the the yeah. whole defence and the whole attack and, and midfield and yeah. That guy, what, 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 about the, what about the score prediction, Paul? What, what, what do you think a score prediction could be? I generally think it's going to be another 1 1. 1 1? Yeah. 
Right, okay. Mm. And who, who goal scores for the Plum United? Weirdly enough, I think Van Dijk's going to get his head on it. Um, okay. Oh, uh, with Robertson cross or a corner. Um, and Rashford, Rashford, um, he's, he's, he's got to be a threat to use. You must, you yeah. must see him as a threat. Yeah, yeah I think he's the he's, one to watch. Yeah, for you, for yeah you definitely. Like and he's on fire this season for me personally. What about a, a score prediction to you, Danny? I just think at Anfield, it's too. I think it'll just be too much for you at Anfield. And I'm gonna go. I think consistent. Like looking over the years, it's either been a tight game or it's been a runaway for one of the teams. And I'm gonna go for a three-one Liverpool. Right. Um, which which might sound after the fact that I've been so cautious in all the other in all the other podcasts. I, I think it's going to be three one Liverpool because I think we the, the fans will get behind the team. They will want us whether Klopp wants them to or not. You you go to a game like that. Like I've I've sat in Anfield during yeah. the Liverpool United and the fans. The fans do the make fans, a difference. Yeah, they dictate the play of that game, and Trust the them. players will want to push it. <coughs> and they'll and I I honestly do think that Rashford will get a goal because I think he's have got it in you to score against us. Um, but I think Liverpool will really really try and make a statement with you being the only team that have drew against us this season I think they'll really push to try and get something out of this I'm going to go I'm going to be very bold and I might offend you Paul I'm going to go for Liverpool 5 Manchester United 1 <laughs> I, do, I, I, do, I, do, I do think he'll score and I think it'll probably be Rashford probably get good odds on that Scott. ok <laughs> must put a bet on it <laughs> um, but yeah I think, as Danny's just said, I think we're going to try and make a statement. You know, if it was just a, an everyday Southampton or an everyday Everton, you know, just mm. boring mid-table club, clubs, it'll just be about getting the victory. But, but United, we're usually the only one getting points off us. I think Liverpool are going to come off all, for all, all guns blazing. And I think we're going to try and make a statement. And I just think, after like what City's on Tuesday midweek, if we play half as good as what City did, we could mm. just walk through the Because I think we're better than City at the moment. And I think it's all sure. about making a statement. And as I say, we need eight victories to win the Premier League. I think come Sunday, half six, seven o'clock, we'll need seven. Well, that, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, do you think this will be the pinnacle? Do you think this, if you do beat United, do you think, um, would you then start thinking... Well, I'll eight together, fixtures. I think that's our most trickiest one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, do you think after Sunday, do you th- well at last? Because I know every single Liverpool fan that's probably listening to this will probably agree. You didn't want to tempt fate. You didn't want to say, "Oh, yeah, we've definitely got it," because you've done it once or twice before, and look what's happened. Yeah. So, do you think after beating United, you can actually at last put your hands again and go, "Yes." I, I think yeah. I'm, I'm your classic. Ammo, I know Ammo is very optimistic. I would be your classic Liverpool fan yeah. that says, "Do you know what? It's a game." You keep going, and until that cup's in the hands, like I, I don't think nothing about. It. I think the City game is going to be a tough one. I think that will be a real deciding factor because it'll separate us out from those. I think you should shut that top. Danny away over that fence there, you know, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm very much doing what every Liverpool player and fan has done this season and said. You know, what, it's just a game. We go on to on the, the next, next one. one. Yeah. Part of me, and I, and I just for me, I just want us to keep winning. Yeah. In fact, it's going to sound really controversial, but I hope that we get at least one more draw this season. Because I think if we do all wins and the only draw that we get is against United, they're going to release a DVD at the end of the season about it. So I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to have the one thing that they can lord over us in a title winning season. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting. Well, there you go. Thank you so much for being involved in our podcast today, Paul. Me. Brilliant to have you. Good to get a different perspective. Yeah. Um, I hope that your, your fortunes get a little bit better, but not at our expense. <laughs> All right. Anyway, guys, thank you so, so much for listening to Ammo. And Danny's Irish Anfield Road. You'll never walk alone. Sports Social Podcast Network.